figured it out in this like home recording <laughs> for two. And I actually meant to ask you, unrelated to this episode, you don't have a, or do you have a second um, mic? A second yeah, one mic? mic at home? Um, I think mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. No, I don't think I have a second mic. Because mm-hmm. I had an idea uh, to invite at some point uh, Philippe. Oh, oh. <laughs> Philippe, uh, to, to our. <laughs> oh, that's true. We should find, well. we should, you know, have Philippe come in. He's, he hasn't, he hasn't said a word yet. Mm-hmm. And he has a professor. No, he has like great material. Like I mean, we can figure out. Uh... Like a time. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're all neoliberal now, so you have to like, um, you know, you have to mono- we monetize. We have to monetize. Um, we all have to have a monetize side hustle. Monetize that wealth. Yes. Monetize that wealth. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll have to think of a topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but all relationships should be commodified. Yeah, you can't absolutely. just look at Felipe and let it go to I waste. Know. I mean, he he just, he's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting there with all this wealth trapped inside of him. You know? Exactly. <laughs> he's like um, he's like the tar sands of, of Canada or something. <laughs> 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 we need to get that wealth out. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have it too, because you actually, you professor, you could have created that. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be like uh, re- relevant to it at all, like series of lectures almost, like oh, yeah. film, film psych lectures. You oh, know? yeah, like distance learning. Yeah, oh, distance I know. Learning through film psych. You're right. So, and all your notes from previous oh, classes God. could be a bit like, you know, like can be more casual, obviously, but. <laughs> I know, I'm not good at monetizing. What's wrong with me? You yeah. should be recording this. <laughs> I am recording already. Uh, uh-huh. it's, all, it's all recorded. Ooh, oh, God. <laughs> like I said, you got to monetize everything. You know? I know. Maybe we can sell that chunk to somebody. Would you you got to just like strap a recorder to your to yourself and just walk around with it because you just never let anything right uh, go to waste. <laughs> but I think writers do that already. Shouldn't they carry like, I mean, don't you carry um, like a certain a like, mini a recording device for your ideas? Yeah, for your, you know, for your writing ideas. Yes, or... I really should. You know, that's always struck I mean, me. But they have those in, in every phone now. I mean, you could just... That's true. I could just be doing it with the smartphone. I'm usually too lazy to do that. You know, <laughs> it, it takes that, right? That takes energy to like write something down. But it's also actually takes you out of the moment, living moment, because I try that. There's something bizarre about it. Then you kind of never live a moment mm-hmm. but think how it you're recording it down yes. <laughs> exactly. oh, no, there's something bizarre it's like photography the similar can be that way oh right? yeah. that totally writing. that's why i stopped mm-hmm. i stopped liking taking pictures because it's just like you know i'm never i'm never just living a moment i'm always trying to get a shot and i'm a terrible photographer so that was the other reason <laughs> <laughs> it's like wow my life looks really terrible yeah this really sucks it's <laughs> depressing as hell <laughs> 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 oh man, we're like laughing too much for the crisis. Um, okay, hey, we're back. Welcome to Film Suck. Um, apologies, we have to have a we have a change of topic for today. Originally, we were planning to talk to John Tanzer, um, who is a cinematographer of film and television. Um, we wanted to talk about to him about what's what it's like to be a usually busy busy member of the industry um, while everything is shut down um, in Hollywood. And, you know, kind of more tragic irony that we're all experiencing every day. Um, he's had some urgent issues, health-related issues among friends and family that, me- that have made him have to postpone. So we're going to um, hope to bring John back in the coming weeks. But for now, we've, we've, um, we've got another topic, of course. It's an endless wealth of topics to talk about. And we've decided to go for a show on Netflix that's generating a lot of um, critical commentary. It's called Unorthodox. Um, it's based on loosely, very loosely based on Deborah Feldman's, um, 2012 autobiography called Unorthodox, The Scandalous Rejection of My Hasidic Roots, 
um, about how she runs away from an arranged marriage um, um, within the ultra orthodox um, Hasidic community in um, um, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, um, um, enclave. Um, and it's basically that story. So we decided to tackle that. It uh, premiered in late March, and it's a four-part series, again, on Netflix. Well, let's dive into that one. Um, what did yeah, you think? But, yeah, but we didn't announce like, uh, that we have uh, an expert to... Oh, right. Oh, I forgot to announce our expert. You're right, Carrie. <laughs> we have an expert to chip in into the I conversation. Mean, uh, yeah, like an expert, I guess. Uh, yes, uh, I'm Yash Levine. Hello. I'm, I am today your... Sort of a um, an expert witness <laughs> yeah. in the trial of the unorthodox. Yeah, because I thought I needed like a real Jew to sort of a real shtetl Jew, yeah, a real Jew to really have a, sort of an expert opinion on that. Because um, yeah, that, that would I think that would be helpful because uh, you know the uh, show is really about and tries to be. It's sort of a semi-non-fictional, or pretends to be non-fictional story about the Satmar community, Jewish Hasidic community in Williamsburg. And uh, I mean, Yash actually used to live very close um, to them, mm-hmm. um, like really like under 10-minute walk. And um, anyway, so we have some personal experience with that, but also Yash just by the nature of um, his journalistic work, you know, um, had some basically experience with yeah, Hasidic and, communities. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hasidic, uh, not Satmar, but uh, yeah, I mean, just as a, and also as a kid growing up in San Francisco, I had some experience with the Hasidic community, the Chabad Hasidic community. I mean, there are different Hasidic sects. We can get into that, but they're still pretty similar. I mean, for the average person looking, you know, from the outside in, like at these people, you, they wouldn't, you can't tell the difference, really. I mean, they obviously hate each other. Uh, <laughs> of <profoundly. course>. Um <laughs> And they live next to each other in, in, in Brooklyn, basically, um, and they're completely intertwined. Uh, but, but yeah, so I have some experience of growing up in San Francisco because they try to do, so, you know, convert all of my, uh, some of my friends um, into the sect. And so I have some insight into just anyway, the Hasidic culture. Yes. As an expert. <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, I I'm mean, sure. I, and I've done a bunch, and I've done actually reporting from, from, from Russia when I was working as a, as a stringer for um, the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. Um, I was uh, actually reporting primarily on Hasidic sects in, in Russia because the Hasidic um, Jewish community, Jewish sects have basically taken over the Jewish life in, in Russia. And so I have came in, you know, in pretty close contact with them. And so I, I know about them more than most. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. seems so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. It seems really important because all the coverage of the show that tends to be overall quite enthusiastic, with some with some exceptions, um, really emphasizes it's based on this this autobiographical material. It's and it, that's the whole fascination. Is it's supposed to be this um, authentic insight into a community that very people have few people other than Yasha. <laughs> have insight into, um, which is I'm the only one. You're the only one. That's and we yes. got him. Um, but that's also what's maddening about the show. I think is because one, that's that's the fascination that's always being touted. It's the first show ever to be done in majority Yiddish. It's 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 all about you know if you re- see the making of documentary, it's all about getting the uh, supposedly the authentic details of costume, etc and ritual correct. So I think that's why people are tuning in and we'll get into why that might be a little odd. <laughs> and that's why we have our expert here to attest to, to its accuracy or non-accuracy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, ter- I swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> okay, show trial. I put my hand on, my, on the Torah. I put my hand on the Torah and I, yes. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, but we immediately, I guess, want to disclose that both me and Eileen pretty much 
hated it. Hated the show. it. Oh, hated it so hard. <laughs> so, oh. so that's <laughs> that's why the show trial. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. A, it's yeah. four hours. It's a four part series, and it's essentially four roughly four hours. But it felt easily eight, twelve. I, I just it was so, so long. So what's the plot exactly? So it's it's. I mean, maybe. Um, well, like I can tell you, tell you briefly what okay. they're what they're claiming mm-hmm. is that all the backstory of her being is a young woman named um, Esther Shapiro. I think that's going to be her married name. Um, who's raised in the, within this sect, even though her mother had had um, had had fled it, you know, when she was a, a baby, and she's going into an arranged marriage, and she's determined to be, you know, a very faithful member of the sect. And it's in the course of the marriage that she can't handle it anymore, and she decides to flee the community. And then you get the kind of that's all flashback stuff, and that's supposed to be the most accurate, at least that's what they're saying. And then the, it's the present day more well closer to present day story of her going to berlin to try to, to to lead some sort of new life even though she's broke and has no connections no nothing um is what's made up they made up an entire fictional supposedly story of what happens to her as a young woman other than going to berlin which she eventually did which deborah feldman eventually did it sounds like but for example she winds up staying at a music conservatory um, um and auditioning as a piano player slash singer and you know that doesn't seem to be part of Deborah Feldman's story. She she became a writer. Um, so there's all this. The whole plot gets made up um, about what happens to her after she flees. Yeah, but I just want to re- recap for those who haven't watched. But and, and you know it, it won't necessarily worsen the experience of watching. But yeah, basically the show actually um, tells the story uh, of the present day. This girl running away to Berlin mm-hmm. and trying to get into music conservatory and uh, eventually aha, succeeding but uh, and in flashbacks we see this like her ha- former basically Hasidic life and uh, and it seems that the the two even though one is completely fictional as the creators of the show admit and the other is true to the book the, the two really when you watch and if you don't know anything it sort of like becomes clearly just one story and I think it's in this way it immediately reminded me of Chernobyl the way the creators of that show pulled mm-hmm. it off when you take a sort of a fairly I don't know as you can I don't know how much you can trust the author somewhat accurate retelling of in, of rituals and just the life under the Satmar um, in the Satmar Hasidic community and then imbued with all this sort of like fictionalized mm-hmm. made up stories and then it becomes one just kind of truth I, that's supposed to be so it's like you mean it's like it totally intermixes the two yeah like, literally you're cutting back and forth from what supposedly yeah the true story to the fic- utterly fictionalized story and then yeah you lose all track of what's what's what yeah and i don't want to be and it, it's not that i'm not trying to judge them it's a fiction whatever it's supposedly like a i want to judge a them. really bad one <laughs> yeah but it's a big work of art but which judge, you, judge. once you start writing something what it's what all kind of show trial are you running here, <laughs> yeah, no, but thing, <laughs> no but when you write something it doesn't matter you like yeah. invent stuff it's it's all fiction it becomes all fiction so that's like i don't judge you on that and i watched like probably like three quarters of it yeah or like half of it with uh and with with evgenia and like one thing it was, it was just such a weird thing because you have this like so it's this it's this young woman um you know who gets married really early uh has a, and um you know arranged marriage in this very insular community she's in Williamsburg I mean they're completely cut off you know and it's true I mean they're very insular uh, they they have they're like almost totally self-sufficient 
you live in South Williamsburg, uh, and you know you go into their neighborhood, and it's just it's like all, in the entire you know apartment blocks, block after block after block is is just this community, and they own most of the land, uh, most likely, and they you, probably, you can't even re- probably rent there if you're not from that community. Community, you can't. It's hard, you know, you can't live there. And she lives, and and so she's this lost person, you know, who is completely, like. You know, clueless. She doesn't even know that you know that, that she has a vagina, for instance. You mm-hmm. know, like and and like she doesn't know basic things at all, like nothing. And then suddenly she flees, mm-hmm. right? She like be, be, you know, to, and then she flees to Berlin. And in Berlin, she just immediately like integrates with this hipster set. Like, yes, <laughs> people who are like going clubbing, you yes. know, who are just hanging out. It's a sort of like uh, United Benetton kind of like <laughs> yes. clique of cool kids, you know. Yes. Like you know, there's like the kind of openly gay couple that's like international. There's like, you know, this hot guy that she you know she falls for, and immediately you know they hit it off. Like. She she knows exactly what to do, and she, you know, and she navigates the sort of bureaucracy of getting into this mm-hmm. prestigious uh, musical academy. She doesn't even make any sense. Like, how do you square one with the other? Like, it just it doesn't. So they, the fictional stuff is like, you, like the fictional stuff, you know, in Berlin doesn't seem to at all connect to the more autobiographical um, elements that are supposed to depict real life. Because it's not the same person. It seems like right. How, how does that even happen? Yeah, it seems very much like in conventional right. fictional film terms. There's always like almost a montage of, of how quickly you can do incredible things. <laughs> you know, like all she has to do is eat her first ham sandwich and not get sick <laughs> from it and take off her wig it's, in a kind of re, exactly. repurification <laughs> kind of thing where she swims in a lake. She takes off the wig and all of a sudden her hair, of course, which has you know, been hacked off, is punkishly cute and adorable. <laughs> And totally. Yeah, she's suddenly hip. You know, she's hip, suddenly hip, she's hip just hip. Berliner, Everyone's yeah. automatically fascinated and sympathetic, and warm and welcoming, which of course does not happen, as we all know. Who, if you come I mean, into can a you city, imagine? yeah, um, or yeah. you're a total stranger, much less someone who doesn't know how to navigate this other world at all. Yeah, it's all very, very filmic convention. Uh, that's right. I mean, that's actually a good point because you know, Evgenia always talks about how in these sometimes these movies. Um, where you know, like there's like the dorky, dorky girl mm-hmm. becomes like the hot, the hot uh, chick, like said the hot chick. <laughs> she and takes so, off her glasses. Just a slight, then... slightest makeover. <laughs> yeah, takes off her glasses basically. <laughs> yes, yes. That's and then, exactly so right. she takes her wig. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good one. And then that's it. She's a hot Berlin yeah. techno scene kind of. Like, oh, chick. you're such a loser. Like everybody hates you. All the cool girls spit at you and like you know dump your <laughs> dump you in the toilet, dump your face in the toilet, and then and then nobody realizes how actually hot and popular you are yeah. because. You have glasses on, yeah. and you have a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. Right? And this one, she takes off the wig and she puts on lipstick. And there's much made of the the first putting on of lipstick, and then it's actually hello. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I imagine the the creators we didn't call them actually the the director and the co-writer seems to be all, this all maybe like secular Jewish women mm-hmm. who created that pretty close to Hollywood. Um, one of them actually I've heard of her, the writer of the series, mm-hmm. Alexa Karolinski. She went to film school in New York and did some like music videos that I've seen in LA. Anyway, the, the whole thing is like the the people who made it they're pretty like hip, secular, average kind of media mm-hmm. media people of this bicoastal universe that kind of, yeah. you know of. <laughs> so that's what else could they what? conjure up in mm-hmm. terms of the storyline? And is know? that like I mean, is that like the the kind of the premise of it? I mean, because they're obviously they made, made their own you know show. It's like not like the book, I, uh, right? Um, because they changed some. I mean, are they, they're kind of making a liberal kind of um, like kind of uh, 
feminist it sort so of is success. oh my god if yeah. you watch the the little 20 minute making of an orthodox documentary there's this horrifying i forget which one of the the two you know writing partners it is who says this is a movie about someone finding her voice and if you recall they make her out of nowhere at her big audition for the conservatory start singing and she's such a brilliant singer even though you had no sense before that she could sing, that of course she wows everyone. And so they literalize the finding her voice because of course she sings the, the song of my people kind of thing in a really moving way that was always forbidden in her community where women aren't allowed to sing, but that she used that voice, that the, the, the writer used that, that phrase. That this wow. is a movie Quite about literal. someone, a woman finding her voice. And I just wanted to just, if I'd had the gun, I would have shot myself right then and there. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. that's so the like generic, that, that, that's the generic tale. I saw the, the thing praised by got a really good review. I'm trying to remember in what, maybe Forbes magazine got a lot of Forbes really for good sure. reviews, and and it, it yeah. said something like, "What's so great about this is it's both personal and universal." And I thought, you know, uni by universal you mean generic. They've taken what would have been a very personal story, I presume, and turned it into a total generic feel good, finding your voice, uh, girl finds her voice kind of thing. Oh, it's, a, it's I mean, it's a, it's a yeah, it's like a very um, I'm, yeah, it's very. Uh, liberal feminist kind of movie i mean you have like this oppressive male you know yes. dominated patriarchal society where women oppression yeah yeah it's like sort of the hands 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 made tale yes. kind of world or right the old julia roberts sleeping with the enemy with abusive husband you yes. could have done it as a mormon <laughs> young mormon oh, woman oh, escaping be interesting. you know like an abusive amish yeah, is a, yes. you just slot it in slot it in it was really and yeah. Then, yeah she she's yeah well, and then, almost soviet some of the like apartments and the feel of it before she runs away and how she lives there it feels like also there's something like soviet about no it. it's true actually so yeah. it's both religiously oppressive mm -hmm. also color wise just, there's something oppressive about the spaces they live in the way they live in how like pathetic the um, the, the the clothes the clothes yeah. are there's something really ugly they they they, they made it so it's not so ugly even, even like the way they graded it or something right the way it's, it's like graded <laughs> how she too pale to like with an ugly wig the weird clothes wrong colors even, for so, her mm -hmm. all the all the classic ways yeah absolutely yeah and, so yeah it yeah. and one, another thing that's infuriating to me because you know I, frankly i would have i would have liked this if if it was documentary or really trying to be because you know her, the story of how she leaves is actually much more interesting she actually somehow winds up going to sarah lawrence while still with her husband so she gets somehow mm, i think she studies reality. in reality deborah feldman yeah. and so so it isn't that immediate a break there's a first move to yonkers to go to sarah lawrence her husband is still with her she's still the, and then there's the kid and the kid is two or three or something before she finally makes a break but she's already made a kind of half break with the husband there by leaving the immediate you know community in Williamsburg. But then it's not as Hollywood. It's not as the, 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 the real story you were telling, at least from the book, then it, it doesn't Yes, you don't have the dramatic well. fleeing. The drama is not there. Oh, yes. No, yeah. 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 No, and, and actually, the, the, I mean, there's, if you, I was looking her up, and I mean, you know, there's people from the community or people, you know, like, and generally she's, you know, she's like accused of making stuff up in her memoir, um, the author. Um, and, and yeah, and like, it, and, and also, you know, she's trying to portray this, um, the Sutmore community is completely, you know, 100% like, you know, it's almost like being like in some kind of, uh, 
um, you know, the, the kind of old school Mormon sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like community or something where like total, total repression, mm-hmm. right? Total, like no freedom whatsoever, total surveillance. But like she actually went, everyone knew that she went to college for mm-hmm. creating writing, creative writing. Creative writing I mean, like yes. her husband, I probably paid for it, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, her, her there's actually a, an article written by uh, one of her friends or acquaintances from the time who they, like they were friends with their, their, their families were friends um, right before she sort of decided to flee. And they were all like everyone. She said she and this this woman is now actually a journalist who contributes to CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, and so right. so you both people, both women from the Satmar community. I mean, one of them, you know, wrote this uh, book that became the the series, yes. and then the other one is is a journalist who writes about. Um, um, you know, like uh, religious issues that affect you know, the Jewish community, mm-hmm. and 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 is and essentially a journalist um, who you know contributes to the forward to CNN. So it's not like she is from the Satmar community. So there's mm-hmm. something kind of off about this. It's not as um, you know as black and white as clearly the the the, the film or the show portrays, right. right? Like that. It's not as and even the book, right? And the book, the book, yeah. Portrays that it it's, black it's, and white. It, so I mean, there's some there's some nuance to it, and I'm sure that that's true. You know, I don't know actually. You know, Satmar community is very insular, um, and um, and they are pretty hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very um, conservative and uh, have their own actually kind of unique politics that are that differ from other Hasidic sects. Like they're, they're actually anti-Zionist. Mm-hmm. In a, in a hugely anti-Zionist, so they don't, they don't support like the political project of Israel, mm-hmm. which the show actually has a scene yeah. that covers that within like, With, like five seconds. seconds. But very yeah. briefly, seconds, gone. <laughs> it's actually confusing. I didn't even realize what the hell he was no, talking about. Exactly, like, was me either. Like, uh, I was yeah, gonna ask. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. Because actually, they, they were um, because the guy who started the the movement, this guy named Joel, which is actually a very American name somehow, Joel Tittlebaum. He's from Hungary. Mm-hmm. He was born in Hungary, and, and this is rabbi who started this. One of the one of the like actually the youngest Hasidic sects, um, because Hasidism actually comes goes back to the eighteenth um, uh, century, century yeah, to like the late eighteenth century to actually right when like you know the the French Revolution and um, and you know the American Revolution you know around that time and it was actually as like a kind of an egalitarian or um, um, like um, a more like a populist kind of religious movement actually that sought to. Um, take away sort of the author- religious authority for away from just the scholars, mm-hmm. sort of that before in, in Jewish communities in in, the, in Europe, like the way that you get close to God is by like academic study of the Torah mm-hmm. and academic study of the of the um, uh, of uh, the Talmud, which is sort of this Jewish text that it's common comments on the Torah, um, and like and so obviously it's a it's a, you essentially kind of had these high priests right who who. Uh, so being close to God was only available, was only accessible to a small number of people. So it's like through mediation, always. Uh, yeah, and always. just and that's like and so and so exactly and so and, and so there was this, there was this movement that's you know pretty late if you think about it. Like this is you know the 18th century. It's like you know the beginning of modernity mm-hmm. really. And like there they they go and, and it's like actually kind of a more of a modernist sort of interpretation, I guess, of uh, of Judaism, like almost like a reformation, mm-hmm. a Jewish reformation, where so the the, sec, the sort of sects started to break out all around Europe in these cities, um, and they were like usually around these sort of charismatic rabbis, um, and there was about all about like you can sort of. They were kind of hippie about it, I guess. You know, so that you can have a personal relationship with God. You like you can express, uh, you know, religiousness and, and sort of a devotion to God through um, simple tasks like singing, like enjoying what you're doing, enjoying life. Um, you can you can sort of like recite simple pl- prayers and get you know close to God that way. So it's actually kind of an an empowering 
kind of movement but then it, it immediately it, it like started to break up into these sects mm-hmm. and controlled by these d- dynasties like these rabbinical dynasties that were passed down from father to son mm-hmm. um and so the sort of that's hasidism and so um there was like hundreds of these movements you know early on like basically you know they're like localized to the town and to the rabbi that led them and they're obviously like warring with each other and all this stuff and they were pretty you know conservative conservative because they were against the you know the influence of modernity on like these backwards communities right um, and they're of course against secularism and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so, uh, so the Satmars are pretty late so they were they started out like in the um, you know the 20th century like early 20th century essentially mm-hmm. um, right before you know um, and so they're a pretty new uh, sect and it was like a pretty aggressive and militant sect. Um, it, you know, it was very pacifist. Um, it was against Zionism. It opposed Zionism. That was actually coming, coming, kind of, uh, you know, gaining popularity at the time. And most, it's for there. It's in, it was in Hungary, and so most of the people, most of the Sutmer community, got um, exterminated during the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And the rabbi, this guy Joel Tittelbaum, he's actually kind of a, there's a murky story because he was telling his followers not to flee mm-hmm. hu- Hungary, not to leave, mm-hmm. and to st- and to basically, you know, and then they all got massacred pretty much. Even though the people wanted to flee, I mean, it's not clear. I mean, he, you know, he. It wasn't clear that they were all, you know, no one knew, no one had the obviously um, insight into this. Yeah. Was but part of the reason is because the the, the organizations that were uh, helping Jews escape were Zionist organizations, right? And so, so, so that would mean that they would go to Palestine, mm-hmm. and he was their anti-Zionist, and so he was against this. He didn't want to, like, uh, he, 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 and you know, people in his movement didn't want to basically. Um, you know, give cre- credibility to the Zionist movement. But when it came for him to escape, he w- w- did use um, Z- these Zionist organizations. And there was this scandalous kind of train of, of Jewish VIPs that was organized. Um, right before it hit, like he yeah, would run uh, away. Yeah, Eichmann, with Adolf Eichmann, there was a deal struck. Oh. And all these basically rich Jews who could pay mm. a, a lot of money to get on it. And like prominent Zionist leaders were on it and he was on it. Mm. And the problem is that that train never got because they were supposed to. It was supposed to take them out, um, and they were supposed to end up in, in Palestine. But it was essentially uh, kind of caught and it was redirected, and he ended up in a in a in a concentration camp. So, but he tried to escape using these Zionist channels, even though he was anti-Zionist. So there, there's like this kind of criticism that still dogs him, obviously, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because he, you know. And so, but he was able to somehow weasel his way, you know, he had a lot of support. He's this, basically a cult leader, mm-hmm. right? With, you know, tens of thousands of, of supporters, you know, who almost deify him. I mean, they're deified. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a problem with these Hasidic sects because it, it's like, they're almost like seen as they have, you know, they're approaching the level of like Messiah level, the very, the very popular ones, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he was able to somehow work out these deals where he totally got VIP treatment in the various different um, concentration camps that he served in. And he ended up in, um, you know, surviving the war and ended up uh, coming to Williamsburg mm-hmm. right after the war. And, you know, and, and basically started kind of putting together this new community again. Mm-hmm. There, uh, all the survivors, all the Satmar survivors from that, um, from that town and from that area, that ended up in, um, you know, that like someone in Palestine and basically they they congregated in Williamsburg and started rebuilding this thing. And and so they have this whole thing about, you know, they must rebuild. And so they have, you know, huge like um, birth rates, um, like intense birth rates. Yeah. And and the show actually covers that because they, yeah, yeah, because the main character is like a clearly, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but like very sad to procreate because to, you know. Yeah. I mean, all religious Jewish um, Jews are about, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's like you don't use contraceptives. You, you got you, like to multiply mm-hmm. is as much as possible is like the thing that you do even without the Satmar mm-hmm. influence. I mean, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty broad. Um, but it, but like but he was you know he so he rebuilt a kind of a re, you know a slightly different version of 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 he kind of built a cult within America. You know, I mean, it's interesting because back back in Hungary, I don't think it was it was a, it was a, you know, a religious sect. But it was more, you know, integrated to some kind of organic life in, you know, where these people actually lived for mm-hmm. for centuries. Mm-hmm. But in America, I mean, you know, he he came he came here and him and his followers, I mean, really recreated almost like a a much more hardcore, a much more, you know, um, it was a it was a like a, a, a project, um, very, um, you know, uh, how, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like consciously Artificial. built. Yes, mm-hmm. it's consciously built and they even uh, they have a they have their own um town in um Orange County, New York. Mm. Um they, in like the 70s they established basically a community there. Um and uh like they then they like fought the war. It was in Mon- Monroe, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. Um Eileen no, cuz it being a Not with any precision. No. <laughs> I mean it's somewhere upstate New yeah, York. Yeah. Uh, um and they and they basically like they infiltrated this town. They bought a bunch of land. They started building buildings and mm. because they're, you know, they want to control everything cuz it's a just they they're basically creating a religious, you know, a, a commune, a, a religious cult. Mm-hmm. In this town they started like warring with the actual town that they were a part of and in the end seceded from the town. Mm. And then created their own town. Wow. So it's almost like libertarian. That's na- basically, it's like Joel Town. You know, it's like <laughs> it named it, but it's like Kiryat Joel or whatever. You know, so it's like I mean, there's actually a Joel Town, and they have this. Oh, you're not joking. It's like, it's oh, like 99. Was... No, no, it's 99 um, like Satmar, I think. Oh. Are they surviving now? Yes, it's like it's, and they're all on welfare. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like it's a by 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 income. It's like the one of the poorest like uh, places in America because mm-hmm. no one works. I mean, everyone's studying the Torah. Everyone's on welfare. What about they're, women? Ah, oh, well, women. And work they're at like home. extremely yeah. politically powerful because they vote. Like um, I think in in New York, there might be like fifty to seventy thousand people. You know, Satmar, um, maybe even up to a hundred thousand Satmar. So the Satmar community that's how the, 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 these are the numbers and so they're actually very useful to politicians in New York because they vote as a single block mm-hmm. and so they can deliver that like block of votes to whoever you know they they support politically and so they have a lot of political clout and they basically have their own town I mean they have their own religious town mm-hmm. in Orange County New York it's pretty interesting and they're and so and it's it, it, you know it's obviously very conservative it's very um I mean, it has. Uh, I, 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 my, my own experiences with Chabad, which is a kind of a related, much older kind of Hasidic sect, which is also very popular. It's much I, more open, right? I mean, it, on some on some level, there's differences between them because uh, the Chabad is actually, it's like it tries to convert other Jews into 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 joining Chabad. So it has like um, a, almost like a proselytizing, prost- yeah, yeah, proselytizing kind of. Uh, activity, so they're so they're so they have an open side to them, but they're very conservative. I mean, they're um, like, what are they? You know, they're obviously very, you know, uh, like there's very sexist divisions in in in, in like roles be- between women and men. Uh, women obviously, you know, don't take part in you know religious ceremonies at all. They don't have really uh, positions of leadership of any kind. Um, I mean, they're very, you know, the whole community is very homophobic, and they have. You know, very, very, very conservative views on you know just to take any, any social issue, right? You can imagine, and they're extreme. They're on the far right of it, um, and so 
And so, like, you know, I mean, so, uh, but that show, the show doesn't really go there. All it, all it really talks about is just sort of the, the kind of the feminist, the feminine, feminist aspect of it, that the women are repressed. It doesn't really explore any of that. But they are, you know, they're, it's a very conservative, very right-wing. And the only thing that it differs from other sects, from a lot of other sects, is that it's anti-Zionist. Mm-hmm. And that actually would be a very interesting topic to explore, but I think I'm pretty sure the creators of the show are some sort of version of the Zionist secular Jews, so they're not necessarily very, I, I, I speculate, but it seems that way, so they're not particularly interested in exploring that part of the, even yeah. the community story. Yeah, you know? it almost was like a joke, right? Like when they, mm-hmm. did, when they did that whole thing, oh, um, you're Zionist, you know. At, at the, it was at the, a Berlin yeah. hotel when yeah. the um, two, whatever, co- cousins are checking uh, who, in and... Yeah, checking in, and yeah, they want to retrieve the, the runaway wife. Right. <laughs> and they check in with American passports, but since they look like this Hasidic Jews, so the uh, hotel employee assumes they're Israeli. And he asks them something, I think, Israel, Israeli? What? Oh, like, oh, right. welcome, from Israel, welcome, you know, from Israel or something? Yeah, he, oh, say? yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, one of the guys very aggressively say, oh, Zionist? Do we're from America, it? yeah. yeah like, we're like, Americans. Or and you're a Zionist. <laughs> we're from America. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, it's it's they it almost it was a joke. Yeah. yeah. Like they kind of treated it as not something serious. But I do think it's kind of an. I mean, this is a pretty big thing because in 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 in, in one interpretation of the Torah uh, is that Jews were exiled from Israel, uh, from the land of Israel, because of their sins. Um, this is punishment, and so Jews cannot return. Um, to Israel by their by their own accord, you know, mm. they have to they have to be sort of allowed to go back there. Like essentially, uh, it has to be like a it has to be a divine act, mm-hmm. not a human act. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, there are Jewish sects. Satmar is not the only one that are, is you know very very anti-Zionist. I mean, to the point where there's one Jewish sect that goes that like goes to Iran and goes to all these sort of anti-Zionist or you know uh, basically uh, anti-Zionist uh, conferences and things like that. So there's but it's a it's a it's an unusual thing um, still for, I think for there's the Jewish some community. of the conservative or I would say there's part of like orthodox Jewish community within Israel who are like that too. Yes, and they're very much hated there. Yes, yeah, yeah. They, they, the Jews within Israel that that, that, that don't support Israel as a, don't don't support the Zionist project. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is Israel. yeah, it's basically an Israeli government, a, a Jewish government, you know, on on the territory of sort of the you know the, sort of the biblical territory of of Israel. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like it's funny. I mean, part of the uh, one one thing that was great was the the. I mean, actually, the only thing that was kind of great about that that I thought was the was the, the show. The, the, yeah, the show was the two cousins, the 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 men actually that went and to get her, you know, went to Berlin to get her, mm-hmm. and to like get you know basically to drag her back. back yeah. yeah, drag drag the the woman back. Um, well, they had a lot of like comic potential there, not fully, I think. Yeah, explored. there's almost like a Pulp Fiction quality to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the two guys in their coats, in their you know, black coats. And when they both picked baseball hats to wear. <laughs> exactly. So they can mix better to tuck up their side locks. I'm sure there's a proper name for them. but uh, Yeah, it's a pesa. Oh, pesa. Yeah. I, uh, there's like some other word for that. I think it might be... A- I just know it in Russian, Pesa. Yeah, Pesa. yeah, yeah, Pesa. Mm-hmm. But I think there's the pronounce it somewhere. I mean, else. sometimes the, you know Jews are called like Pisati, like the, the you know like the the guy the, the person. Yeah, it's like a it's like a nickname for Jews that you know that because they have the the yeah. the locks of hair on mm-hmm. there. One of the one of the rules and interpretations that you can't like you're forbidden to cut the hair off your temple for men and that's why they're because it's against God's yes, will or yeah. something like that and in the show it, nothing is explained but at some point in the very end yeah. when the husband like the last the last 
effort to retrieve his wife, he, in front of her, cuts mm-hmm. one of his curls. Both of them. Bo- bo- he cuts yeah. both and cries, and she still says, no, I will not come back to you. Right. And that's like, you know, supposed, I mean, I don't know if anyone gets that, supposed to be very radical what he did. Yeah. I liked the little moment that? where they showed him wearing those kind of little soft curlers in his in that his was great like, i was just like oh more like that more like that would be great <laughs> yeah but then it's comic and, and that's the thing one of my arguments i mean i kept watching it it's something i don't know i was immersed in the story i wasn't necessarily bored i guess just because it was kind of curious statical curious to watch statically but um the, if it was done as a comedy and considering all this cliche tropes that were there i wouldn't even i wouldn't mind that so much even if it is very ridiculous but since it was kind of a heightened melodramatic mm-hmm. sappy bullshit that's what kind of makes you hate it all even if there are moments that are you know cinematically i guess kind of well done because clearly if you watch those 20 minutes of the making of it there was so much thought put into oh my God. the yeah it's production values production designs yeah. production values so high and yeah. uh, you know and again there's sort of as you say there are funny scenes with uh, I, I guess it's accurate you know accurate <laughs> accurate routines of those like daily lives of like the, the man and the women how they sleep what they do and uh, the sex scenes were kind of again funny i don't know again how how accurate how how can we know but that that was kind of hilarious but then if they went into the fully into the comedic comedic mode then it, i think it would you know if it, they went mel brooks that would probably be that would probably be beneficial but it w- clearly wasn't was was an intention yeah i mean the, the funny parts are funny but they're not intentionally funny no, not, not intentionally, intentionally yeah funny, no. and, and yeah and like and you know and then like the whole thing i think was saved by the guy that played you know her husband he was such a great actor um such a such really a natural, natural funny actor mm-hmm. um like I mean, that, he was my favorite character in there, you know, because he was so he actually played this sort of innocent, you know, clueless little mama's boy, you know. No, and he had that Jew. great line about his uh, boys. Naturally, she knows everything about our sex lives, and it was all it was almost the Norman Bates line: "A boy's best friend and his mother." I can't remember what he said, but it was so close. <laughs> so it's like mama's mama's always knows best. Mama yeah. always knows best. best. <laughs> yeah, wow. and he and he does it in the such a way. He's an amazing actor. Uh-huh. He really doesn't. He does it. He plays it straight, and it works mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess that's pretty much the only redeeming thing. And I don't know. We keep talking about the plot, and it doesn't matter. It was just so, so such a bad, poorly done. Of, well, that's know, why, why, what it, why it totally matters to me is it's, again, mm-hmm. the generic quality of the plot that gets imposed mm-hmm. and yet is being treated so solemnly in positive reviews. I'm just amazed by that. I'm just like, how can you like that? You've just, I don't know. It's removing interest every minute that that is operating. And you can tell everything a mile ahead. Like the audition, the big audition that everything's building for. I sat there episodes before, before the end going, everyone is going to turn up there. The husband, the cousin Moisha, <laughs> you know, all of her little clique, her cool clique, the mother, they're all going to be there for this big climactic phony scene. <laughs> and they were. It's just yeah. that kind of appalling predictability. God. Yeah. Awful. Yasha even predicted where, which part the husband going to, where he's going to stand. Because they show, oh, that's yes. the empty spot on the right. That's being show. saved for him. Uh, yeah, saved for him. Because on the left, there's already a mother. Mother. There's friends. And on the right, mm, empty. Yeah. Oh my god! It's like you know, it's like one of those cartoon things where you have the devil and and, and you know, and sort of the, the saint on your different shoulders, <laughs> right, and like, who do you choose? Right. It's and she's like looking to there and there, and just it's yeah, it's. I mean, the whole thing is, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's funny how you can make a cliche, how it's, how how, like 
it's just it's a yeah, cliche over cliche over cliche. But you're like, so what's the so why you know so why did you think that they they decided to make this thing now? Like, is it is it because they were just it's it's a it's like the kind of the Hillary Clinton kind of, um, you know whatever the you know moment or something that they the, it's a it's or the, the kind of the, the me too kind of uh, it moment. seems to be very high time for, for this type of things to be greenlit as they say right in the industry so they think they got greenlit and they they could pull it off and there was money for that i imagine i don't know eileen what do you think uh, yeah i mean partly i would say what what we're, we're we're already saying it can it can be fitted into a narrative that we has been popular for a while especially the young woman who pulls herself out of horrendous circumstance that even that generic like whether it's mormon fundamentalist movement whether it's handmaid's tailish fiction whether it's you know extreme you know oppressive poverty like the glass castle bestseller you know there's just like there's a whole variety mm. of yeah very 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 yugo girl um, um kind of depictions of getting yourself out of extreme 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 circumstances i mean that the author the author product producer team also said they were super invested in that whole idea of the 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 return to berlin the site of the of trauma for God, the community really, and that was a big Ugh. reason why they were invested in doing this <laughs> for whatever God, you know i mean that's worse <laughs> It's really sad because, like, okay, I w you know what would be very cool? It would be, okay, so, like, if you do, because there's a lot of darkness in, the, in those worlds, you know, and for women, and not, but not just for women, for men as well. I mean, it's, look, these are, um, I mean, these are cults, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we don't call them cults because they're just sort of, you know, it's, it's not the political. they're not new. They're I think not, that's well, why. they're not new and they're not, it's sort of not the politically correct thing to do because, you know, it's, the, it's a Jewish religion. Supposed to be respectful uh, religion, of other you know? beliefs. Yes, it's, yeah. you can't like call it like, you know, branch, like, like a, you know, you, you can't res respond to them like the branch Davidians or something, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, and like uh, in Waco. Um, but there's horrible stuff that happens there. I mean, I don't know uh, uh, very much about the Satmar community, but I imagine it has a lot of, uh, you know, um, um, similarities to the Habak community. And the Habak community, you know, there's full of, it's full of uh, um, child abuse. It's full of, uh, you know, basically sexual abuse and, and, and uh, uh, predatory behavior by um, older men and, and rabbis um, against boys uh, because, of course, it's a very sex sexually segregated community. Um, and you know, men spend a lot of time with with uh, other men and with children, teaching them. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, and there's a lot of cases in um, where rabbis, you know, sexually abuse, groom, you know, boys, and sexually abuse them for years. Um, and all this is hushed up uh, by the community, and you know, uh, and the state really can't do anything in New York because they're so politi powerful politically and so organized politically that. Um, politicians don't really want to touch them, mm -hmm. um, and they're able to sort of move these these people around, um, you know, because they, for instance, Chabad has communities all over the world, in Australia, for instance, and one guy was shipped from from the U.S. here and basically hidden in in their community in Australia, and they do that stuff, kind of like the Catholic Church did that, you know, did, um, but also, you know, there's. Uh, there's a lot of sort of darkness there, so you could do mm -hmm. almost like a hands made tale kind of thing. You know, if you actually try to look at what is life in this community mm -hmm. for women, you know, mm -hmm. um, that would be pretty interesting. <laughs> but instead, they do this kind of I don't know, like what is this? Like you, this, this um, it's bubbly, like redemption story, like, in, like indie hipster kind of story mm -hmm. about like 
uh, I don't even know what the what the point of it is. Really, <laughs> no, you know? that's what like, I kept watching. What are you showing? They don't show anything, right? They, it's yeah. just cliche on cliche on cliche. Um, oh, look, she can't have sex. Like, oh, it hurts her. Oh, these guys are horrible. They're not sensitive to to her. And then like, and then and then oh, look, she goes to Berlin and immediately fits in with this sort of cool kids and has a happy life after. And look, her mom is in a, in a is in a lesbian relationship. Mm-hmm. Look how like completely like what an open you know uh, person she is. Mm-hmm. How totally tolerant and how not like those evil mm-hmm. you know people back there. Those you know male dominated sort of Hasidic people. Plus, it's there's like there's, there, no, there's just yeah. enough exoticism to keep tantalizing, like the elaborate wedding scene. You know, so you can you can be given some sense you're seeing the exotic insider details of a community. But it's so superficial, though, right? Yeah, like everything. I agree. Yeah, but I think it doesn't even look that exotic. Actually, Jewish weddings are like that, except that probably the hats are not there, but the rituals, whatever they, you know, yeah, they put and, you on the chair or and the separation bre- between sexes mm-hmm. isn't. Okay, yeah. that's not. Yeah, yeah, that's not there. But then overall, it didn't even seem that exotic. It's like exotic enough for the Western. Well, but how about like the blinding audience. veil that she can't see through? That she's led by yes. the women <laughs> in her family, older women, to her. To that's an interesting. It's that kind of little that has a kind of lurid quality. She's literally got to go blind. Mm-hmm. To her own wedding, um, yeah, that kind of thing. I think has, but it's also for superficial. Yeah, it's like all visual essentially. Yeah. there's no depth to any of the. You never. I mean, it's like a four-hour show. You know, it's, right? Uh, there's four hours, uh, yeah. and it, within those four hours, you get like nothing almost. Uh, yeah. No insight into into the, into the life of this community. Because um, authenticity is only there, like they're interested in a visual authenticity. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know how accurately. Again, the, costume details. The look, people love the that look. shit. <laughs> they love that. I couldn't it's believe how much like, of a twenty-minute making of documentary was devoted to things about costuming. Just that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, I want to bring bring uh, into the conversation. You know, Eileen, you found this pretty great um, and mean review <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. forward in the historically kind of Yiddish language. Now it's. I guess in English only. Well, I know that they, I think I still have it in Yiddish. Uh, New York-based newspaper, mm-hmm. Forward, Forward, mm-hmm. and um, the woman from the Saint Mary community who wrote this review hated the show, mm-hmm. like probably more even more than us. And uh, to her, it's not only the plot was ridiculous, but also she didn't even find being a member of that community the authenticity truly mm-hmm. uh, real because supposedly the Yiddish that uh, the people are. Sp- speaking there is not accurate the costumes are somewhat wrong the um the ugliness of the um clothing that depicted there is just not again accurate according to her and uh, the disgusting wigs and all that basically um she thought it was shown in this kind of like unrealistically again exotic but also demeaning and unreal way Mm -hmm. their way of life and uh you know it's kind of interesting coming from the actually she seems like might be she also somewhat like left the community so uh so it seems like a trustworthy source she's not just trying to excuse the the satmar community but rather just to you know, make a point how how grossly inaccurate even the so-called the non-fictional you know part of the show is. Well, and she, um, she made such a nice point about how there's a there's all this humor and lively gossip and fun, and then none of that you know make can make it because that would there's be no countering at all. Right? Yes, yeah. how this set is no, has, it's if it's true. an oppressive community, yeah. it has to be oppressive twenty four seven, and everyone as she said, everyone has to keep talking about the Holocaust. Everyone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Pass the salt. <laughs> yes. Uh, but if do you, do you remember about the Holocaust? Yes. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, know. Uh, you, you know, just, yeah. no, just remember that the six million Jews, they can't put salt, salt on their eggs <laughs> they anymore. They can't salt their food like we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I you mean, know. it's actually true. It's a very good point. Like, because, you know, look, uh, uh, Say what you will, and like uh, again, I've had some. I've had experience with you know Chabad um, and the, uh, which is another Hasidic community, and like I've been in their homes, I've talked to them, and they've been really like, you know, on the one hand they were kind of condescending to me, and because they see me as a non-practicing Jew, mm-hmm. and they so they see me as like a kind of almost like an you know and an animal, almost like my psych consciousness is like so f- far away from God or holiness that I'm basically like a dog. You're like, you know? boy, worse than a yeah, dog. Yeah, like, I mean, and they even told me that in their in my face, but at the same time, there was some, like, you know, warmth, and, uh, you know, there's some, um, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, people get drunk on, on Shabbat and um, kind of tell funny stories. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a kind of a, you know, a shtetl or like a Jewish village kind of warmth to mm-hmm. some of the stuff. I mean, not, 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 obviously it probably depends on your circumstance and maybe her experience with it was that, you know, I mean, we don't really know. Um, but yeah, there wasn't, you know, it's interesting. They, they didn't come across as particularly Jewish, like the, no. the Jews in the show, like, um, you know, like there was none of that kind of Jewish, a vi- there wasn't a Jewish vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all very kind of almost like you'd imagine like some kind of puritanical um, Amish, almost like, Amish. Yeah, right? but I, I actually don't know what Amish. Maybe they're Amish maybe they're cool is. too. But like, there's something like almost like uh, I don't know something something very puritanical and and standoffish about everyone there. Whereas I mean, I don't Jews aren't like that. Like um, you know, some are of course, but Jew, I don't know. There's like a there's again there's a it's a community that's basically crammed in together multiple generations mm-hmm. telling stories it's a, a, a there's a jewish tradition of of just of lightheartedness and, and humor and banter that it like doesn't exist at all mm-hmm. it's all just well but that just it's also poorly written i'm i, I don't know if it's that's hard to do that intense. it's hard, it's hard to, do that. to capture yeah. that you yeah. know well, but it's also which yeah it's also show another side of it which is not necessarily a horrible side to well, that's you know, what to, i to thought it's so needed to, to feel like well but what's the, you're not doing anything to be fair to like what's the pull of being part of a community that's very that's very tight and bound together and you know that would that would help why doesn't everyone leave yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly um yeah yeah. yeah, but it's bizarre, and I I know like uh, somehow we didn't really talk at all about the main character, the girl, because she's almost in every shot. Yes, so I is. think it's kind of yeah. so she kind of supposedly like holding the movie together, at a, but which I think she doesn't. Uh, I mean, to me, it was really bizarre choice of for, for casting director whoever picked her because not only she looks even though she's in real in real life seems to be very young i don't know mid-20s or earlier and she, she kind of looks like this almost middle-aged little woman very confident actually very um i don't know what what would you say kind of it's sometimes almost like arrogant and it doesn't really fit anyway even the story doesn't fit it in any way because if you're like a 70 year old supposedly girl who doesn't know anything about life and is under this matriarch of a grandmother it just how is it possible to have this sort of even content even her face it, it just everything about her um i don't know body language uh, and her looks and every, everything they make her do it just feels so unnatural it's so, so it's just the weirdest it, she has has the weirdest affect because you're right she has these qualities that seem way old but she also looks like she's 12 
half the time. Partly because she's just so tiny and thin and she's small with a head yeah. sort of slightly too, somewhat too big for her body. It- she's so small that it becomes a source of its own fascination. I was just like, who and what is this person? Her name is what? Shira Haas. I, I don't know. But yeah, it was she's an Israeli, yeah. Israeli actress. Yeah, yeah, kind of fascinating. That becomes fascinating and attention pulling in itself. Just looking at her and because going, also her, her she changes like depending on the kind of clothes she wears right she, her actually her whole her whole demeanor will change yes a couple uh, well, times yeah, I didn't yeah. recognize her I was like wait is that her <laughs> yeah 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 she's got almost like a almost like a like a like a fetus kind of quality to her sometimes I don't <laughs> yeah know. it's this um, old young right? thing like, that you're like yeah, what like age a scribble, is like she a Benjamin to... Button yeah like a Benjamin Button yeah. character <laughs> yes or yes that's it like the like. Yes. Like an angry, and she's also very angry and very tense, yeah. right? Like uh, all the time. All the like time. Sp- high, high energy but too. But spastic in a way, like just like, um, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. She's like she's totally. She's like she to- always like yeah. You can't really watch her and be drawn into the show. It's like she just pushes you out because she just acts so strangely. It is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And also, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. I cannot not bring it up. She has the energy that is very similar to. Uh, the main character in this uh, Ricky Gervais show, Life's Too Short. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if, Eileen, if you ever seen it. Mm-mm. No. Oh, it's about the it's about the little little person that's yeah. Who's, um... It's about the little person who is a Hollywood actor, mm-hmm. but sort of like um, semi I don't know B level, and is trying to get better roles mm-hmm. and just sort of. He runs like a little little person ag- agency oh, right. to. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 She has a very yeah, she has, she has this vibe of a yeah of. Um, yeah, like how, basically of a little person. Yeah. And that's just the vibe. I don't know anything about the reality of her, you know, circumstances and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, but yeah. there's just a, an interesting kind of vibe that's I think not fitting. And you know, like uh, what I learned through um, that um, review and forward uh, by I, I want to say her name Frida Weisel. She mentioned. Um, uh, well, she hated too, but she mentioned another uh, show that is actually produced and made in Israel and is also partially in Yiddish and in Hebrew, also of some kind of like a small Hasidic, very like orthodox uh, community mm-hmm. and about that family life, which is, I mean, somewhat similar. But so she uh, names the sh- that show that's called uh, Shtisel. Steisel, I think Stissel, as a much better and more accurate depiction, you know, with warmth of that, mm-hmm. of the, of that community. And I watched one episode already of, of that. It's on Netflix as well. I actually highly recommend. And Shira Haas, the main girl in Orthodox, is in there as well. Oh, wow. And there, it's it kind of interesting. Not only they use her better, she's just like a teenage daughter uh, in this like big Hasidic family with, I don't know, five or six kids. And, it, and she plays a real a real somewhat like a child and it's probably been shot in a five five years ago and it and it looks like more fitting somehow mm-hmm. and they also speak sometimes i think mostly hebrew and i think the elders speak Yiddish, so i think the kids understand as well anyway my, my point is that like you it seems like you can use her in a more wait so you're saying <laughs> authentic that way you're saying that there's another show that's also about the satmar community uh i th- I'm not sure it's Satmar because it's somewhat invented, but it's it's Satmar-like Hasidic Orthodox community in Israel. And then mm. uh, and the main ah uh, and the main Takes actor and the main actress who in. plays in, in a, is also in. She's the, also in it, but she's not the main character there. She's just like one of the kids in the main family. Wow. So she's Interesting. somewhat prominent in terms of how she. So they must have watched. They it probably and, watched it. And yeah, that's of course. Where they got her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they probably got her, and she's very like a cute kid there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's fitting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But, uh, but anyway, but I also wanted to bring it up because they so the forward review brought it to my attention. Seems to be like a much better show if someone is interested in the just Hasidic way of life and you know. 
and it's it, just that world we should general. also note that the, the, the show is being sold on its authenticity they insist on no. this this is mm-hmm. a big thing that they had this is bullshit they had a guy from the community jeff will will bush who played moisha was supposedly a, a member the rabbi of, the main rabbi and that was another no? guy he but oh Moish, another guy, was supposedly in the in the community and and that's where they got him but then there was the guy who was the advisor um who played yeah the rabbi and i'm forgetting huh, what's his name i had it somewhere um yeah so they had all of this like and they met multiple visits to the community and all the stuff to do research and so that's what's another strange thing that's that's being really flogged as as an important component of the show is how authentic it is so it's such a that was that's such a brain twister and i kept thinking what did that guy think of his own character of moisha who's like this thug sort of incompetent thug enforcer um uh, who, who comes as close to being violent you know as anyone you know kind of pulls out a gun at a certain point you think he's going to try to kill um esty the lead character you know and here he's representing what's supposedly his own community or a community he recently left i'm not sure was a little bit yeah the, the, the actor because they actually didn't see the making of the show so the actor who plays moisha moisha sort of the, uh-huh. the, the moisha the cousin the sort of uh violent cool bad boy bad boy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. by the way the way they show that he's bad boy he constantly smokes yeah he smokes all the uh, time uh, in and, every gambles. Shot. and he um, goes gambling <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh so bad and also and, you know god you know what i yeah so yeah. so the, yeah. the point is that that actor uh the way they found him he, he said that this is kind of his story because he was he his first language in reality is Yiddish. Yiddish. So I guess his edition yeah. the show should be good. So he's he is from of the, that community. Wow. He did leave and blah blah, blah and all that. Wow. So, so he's actually authentic, and he does actually play. He actually, he actually plays a more authentic kind of person, which is that kind of like disillusioned base. But also just he's got this kind of like violent energy to him, you know, and and he does have this sort of vibe to him where he he does like have this um, you know like. I don't know, like a, a kind of supremacy or something, you know, towards mm. women. He, he he does that pretty well, I thought, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's kind of sleaziness to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't realize that. No, mm-hmm. that's yeah, cool. So that, yeah, he's that like, was, yeah. the, 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 two, yeah, the two men, like, are really great. You know, they, they were like the best characters in the film, right? I the, feel it's yeah. almost there can be, if they're smart, <laughs> there can be an offshoot of this show <laughs> that focuses only on Moisha and Yankee, mm-hmm. or Yankel. Yankel, and, yeah. And uh, just about... <laughs> No, so something about their uh, journey. Yankee, yeah, Yankee. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like they're two Yankee. thugs. They got to go to Europe and they got to go to retrieve like some diamond or something, you know. Uh, and then they get into all sorts of like bad stuff. It's almost like it reminded me of Ross and Kratz and Gilda Stern are dead or like that like Tom Stoppard <laughs> yeah. play. Put them play. in the, the in, quality in, there. in the main role instead Good. of on the side. They have, a yeah. thuggish, they have a thuggish kind of vibe to them. You know, I mean, they got those overcoats, you know, uh-huh. they're always dressed in black. Uh-huh. Um, they got their black hats. You know, they look, they have a, I mean, like Hasidic yeah. Jews and I mean, they do have a, like a gangster, just the, the visually a gangster well, vibe. Well, sometimes and sometimes yeah. they look really sad and yes. sort of well, poorly capped you yes, know the way yeah. they're dressed over, but yeah. but i do have to yeah. say from little that i know personally through like some friends i had um in in new york um a friend actually who used to work as like a, a model um so those um hasidic jews are famous for 
you know, been pretty like violent or kind of aggressive towards women um, and outside of their community. And uh, they definitely um, try to, you know, they go to prostitutes, but they also kind of try, can harass you on the street and try to sort of get on. Pick you up. It's, uh, it sounds so bizarre, but I, I mean, I clearly probably did happen and probably does well, happen. Pick you up if they think you might be down for it. I don't know. I mean, look, sex. I mean, look, you got to remember that like they look at, I mean, there's a pretty, uh, they look at there's a pretty clear division it's like they're the people in our world and our world this world has like these are the real people mm-hmm. right like everyone else is not a real person mm-hmm. like because they're not like we're kind of like including Jews who are not religious mm-hmm. you know or maybe even or religious but from a different sect mm-hmm. like because it's like it's like you are kind of you know we're kind of like animals to them and so it doesn't matter what you do to them there's actually two different laws i mean you can't really be um like the the like sort of the the, the 10 commandments essentially don't apply mm-hmm. you know like um to to uh, uh, and and sort of biblical law and like the talmudic law doesn't apply to anyone outside of your community i mean this is like i know some habad uh, uh, rabbis i mean they explicitly say that that's part of their teaching you know to, to their own people because it's because it's like I mean, because you're just not even worth anything. If you're just like an animal, then what, what are you? And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they hit on women and are kind of can be in assholes. Kind of an aggressive yeah, manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right, and Moisha, like the Moisha character, the actor and the character is that way from the beginning. They let you just infer that the minute he knows he's outside of his own world, he's he, he lights up the cigarette and is trying to sort of train Yankee up into no out here. We don't no, know. he channeled that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did like, that well. Yeah. So I guess it comes from a real place. Then, well, no, two, no, it's yeah. it's true. And I mean, I mean, like to the point where I remember, like, okay, so there's just one story. I was in the Volgograd, um, so I was working as a stringer for this a Jewish, uh, you know, uh, like Telegraph, news agency. And one of the things that I would do uh, was be like go to these isolated sort of community Jewish communities all around Russia or the Soviet Union and sort of report on, you know, do like little profiles of what they're doing. You know, for an American readership, you know, American Jews that can 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 sit in America and feel good about you know the survival of the Jewish people, you know, in the sort of uh, in, in what was the former Soviet Union, right? Um, and so, I, one of these things, stories, I went to Volgograd, which is used to be Stalingrad, um, which is this, you know, the, the kind of the place of the famous battle mm-hmm. in World War II, where the t- tide turned against the Nazis. Um, and, you know, and the Chabad was sort of running the show there, and they kind of had a little community and a little synagogue. Um, and I was there to do, doing a profile piece on this, like, local Jewish kid who was, I mean, the fact that he's Jewish was questionable, actually. Maybe there was, like, some, you know, some, some maybe Jewish, you know, uh, heritage in there, maybe. But he had, like, gone to the local Chabad-run uh, religious school, uh, and then he was, um, like had a couple of gigs as a DJ in town. I mean, that's the hook. That's like sort of the, it's like, so this the hook of this story is, you know, <laughs> Jewish, you know, uh, like a Jewish kid is like starts a, a, a successful DJ career in, 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 in Russia, in Volgograd. I mean, that's the story that I wrote, you know, so like that's the, that's, the, that's the human interest piece. And I went and hung out with a local rabbi and he openly talked to me, told me that I am like as a way of sort of negging me and kind of almost trying to recruit me, mm-hmm. um, convert me, is to, to, he denigrated me, he you know, talked down to me, called me basically worse than a dog. Like, like here we're sitting talking and smoking cigarettes on his balcony, but like he's sort of on my level, he's come down to my level so he can talk this in a sort of crude animal language with me. <laughs> uh, but on his level, he's sort of like in the spiritual plane. And so 
like what can we really talk about mm -hmm. you know uh, and sort of he's doing me a favor and they, and you know meanwhile in the back there's sort of his wife is in the, is in a sort of pretty dirty apartment with like six kids running around you know mm -hmm. um while we're drinking tea and smoking cigarettes and so but i would encounter that pretty often in in this sort of way of that they would even to other jews but who are not of their of their sort of faith mm -hmm. they would be very um, uh, you know, sort of, yeah, like very rude and denigrating, and and. But it's also he was probably nagging you because if yes. he like treated you like that, you might have like got an idea of joining them yeah. to get to that you know, super spiritual plane. Totally, you know? no. I mean, exactly. He was trying to make me feel bad, like I didn't know, you know, like I was lost and clueless, and maybe if I was a bit more lost, and you would have. Yeah, and I mean, and I've had I I had a psychiatrist here in LA that actually was also Chabad randomly. Uh, and he actually tried to recruit me in our oh sessions. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> whoa! Yeah, he tried to say, "Oh, yo, you're living it alone in, in LA. Oh, you should, um, you know, you should come by the Chabad house. You know, on Fridays. You know, there's a lot of young people there. You know, meet, meet some people, hang out. Like, and he would do that not once, but like, you know, he did it a couple of times as I would, when I would when I would come in. So unprofessional. Wow. <laughs> He's not joking. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? I mean, this is. I mean, I. I mean, it's just this is a psychiatrist. Yeah. Recruiting people for his cult. Oh, wow. um, Sounds like a good, by the way, idea also for some sort of show. <laughs> so many shows that are possible. I mean, it's a great, it's a great recruitment uh, point, right? Like, because uh, people are lost, yes. maybe like you have some mental uh -huh. issues, yeah. or I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, no, you first drug them and then you recruit them. Yeah, it's. Um, but yeah, but but they have a, but they have a generally a, a, a negative and uh, there's a there's a clear separation, you know, between us and them for 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 a lot of these sects um, mm -hmm. where. For them, for the outside world, standard morality doesn't apply. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what you do there. And in fact, you just sort of, you know, you do what you tell them whatever, you do whatever you can to so that you prosper, uh, you know, and it doesn't really matter what the costs are to the people outside. Mm -hmm. uh, so, which which yeah. is actually kind of interesting because, um, I mean, again, the show doesn't show that at all. Um, and uh, I think there's now clearly culture, there is a bit of a, so the, the main character, Asti Shapiro, joins this, uh, so happy to join this liberal Western Berlin mm -hmm. scene. But the problem with that scene that a lot of people are actually very dis disenfranchised and actually disappointed by that life, you know, mm -hmm. now. So I think there's no, the show doesn't have, doesn't catch the zeitgeist because the zeitgeist, at least the way I feel it, I, I know it's maybe not relevant to everyone, is that people actually are looking for something a bit more, I don't even know, like not not real. necessarily structured religion, but something real, which that liberal culture of this uh, Benetton kind of color aesthetic, and I don't even know what kind of values are there. Just generally kind of liberal, uh, it doesn't really satisfy. Doesn't satisfy the itch that I think some people definitely feel and you can see why actually more people turn to islam or join i mean not anymore isis or yeah, there's exactly. some from that from that liberal western world frequent, I mean, it, frequently it's what john john dolan you know all talks about right like the the sort of the the the, the, the turning away from modernity and then trying to seek something more real i mean actually it's a, you actually bring a good point because habad um, is the fastest growing jewish denomination um because part of what it does is it has a pretty clever strategies that it has this sort of um, consumer facing um, kind of uh, side to it which it, it presents a kind of lighter more kind of happy more relaxed uh, version of itself uh, of its practices to um, secular Jews um, and tries to recruit them through these special student centers uh, that's, that are in universities called Chabad houses 
um, try to recruit young people who are looking for some kind of reality, you know, who are disillusioned with um, this kind of like integrationist um, sort of um, strains of, of Judaism, like the Reformed Jews, who are essentially completely integrated and are Jewish only in, you know, like not in really. The food they eat sometimes. There's, there's, there, right? Yeah, they're not even in the food they eat, just the fact that they go to, you know, uh, like holidays once a, month, uh, once a year uh, for the high holidays mm-hmm. and maybe have Passover. But, you know, th- there's nothing Jewish about that. They're just American, mm-hmm. right? So they're just American. They go to church once in a while or synagogue once in a while, but there's nothing really. Jewish about it, and so they actually recruit pretty pretty successfully from these sort of disillusioned, sort of liberal Jews who need who want you know a sense of belonging, mm-hmm. who want a sense of identity, who want a sense of community, and almost some structure to their like belief mm-hmm. system. Yes, because nothing else provides it. And I know not everyone like obviously wants that, but there is like a big seems to be like strain of that. It's huge. I mean, and now. The, the Satmar people, I think, aren't like they're not as uh, as out, they don't do the outreach like the Chabad people do. But I mean, I know people from you know who have whole entire families converted. Uh, they live like in Arizona, and like, entire families have converted to mm-hmm. Chabad. And um, I mean, and because it's like that thing about again, you know, liberal capitalism, right? Like liberal sort of consumer culture mm-hmm. is empty, mm-hmm. you know, um, and people want something. And these communities do give you something. They give you a sense of purpose. They give you a sense that you're part of something bigger. Um, they provide a community for you, you know, of support and um, belonging. And so actually these more sort of conservative movements in Judaism are growing, not wa- not waning. Mm-hmm. And so you're actually, Jenny, you're saying a very good point, which is that it's a totally like this show is actually completely out of sync with the times. The times, <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants that, like, kind of like, that liberal kind of like consumer culture, you know, whatever youth that they're showing. It's actually on the decline. People want to believe in something. People want to be part of a political movement. People want to join something, right? I mean, as but, like... But I don't, I don't want to say completely out of sync because it seems to be also in line with this, um, a few movies been coming out of, let's say, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. when, which is interesting, like this long, yeah, where like women run away, young mm-hmm. women run away from there and try to um, look for political asylum in Europe for similar reasons and what kind of life but they could have made it such a more interesting for. mixed bag. I mean, they don't yeah. even make the world look particularly good. All the young people who are good looking are so generically, interchangeably good looking. <laughs> you know, they're all, none of them is a strong enough character to come to the fore. You know, there's this kind of blah quality. They go to a club where there's this really Very sort bland, of right? whatever mm-hmm. kind of music being played. You know, it's just like generic club, generic young people, generic. And sure. But at the same time, we're supposed to just accept. It's just like, wow, this is this is the dream that she's been looking for. Mm-hmm. So and we're supposed to accept it. You're right. So it's like a. But also, <laughs> yeah, well, it's sorry, just you're right. Yeah. It seems like a kind of. It's a little too late to be to be selling this as just like, of course. It's like a, oh, yeah, but ahead. also it, it feels like, okay, so majority of people who are watching the show, because it's clearly for the Western mm. kind of secular, I don't know, the audience, are, do have more or less that life, like plus minus the, the Berlin part of the show shows and kind of glorifies. Mm. And, and it's supposed, I guess, to make you feel better and cherish your life because not everyone has it and some people have to run away and uh, right. know, abandon their family and, and you live in paradise to, to already. Get that life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wait, I have that already. Ooh. You don't like, need Medicare for all. You have a... Look, look at you. You can go look to the you. club you can, where they play the club <laughs> music anytime. Look at... <laughs> you kids want Medicare for all? You don't know how good you have it, you damn it. 
you know, look at this young woman. She's not demanding Medicare for all. Although in in Germany, uh, she they have healthcare, but it doesn't matter. The point doesn't matter. No, but it's true. It's but almost like a, it's like, like a last gasp of the sort of the liberal church, right? Mm-hmm. So they're saying, look at how amazing, you know, we, we are. Look how like great, you know, and how many people are out there that, and how many women are out there that don't have this mm-hmm. life. Um, and we should, you know, and, be grateful. Mm-hmm. It's no, like that. I'm like, it is I'm out. Grateful. It is out of sync with the times. It completely is. It's like the last gasp of this li- of this sort of liberal sort of, um, yeah, the, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because look, the truth is. If you actually want to get really, I mean, the, it's, the Satmar thing is one thing, but then the truth is that if you look at the Jewish, because this is about the Jewish, you know, the Jewish world, sort of in, in, in America and also, but and also in Germany, and like what what is what is actually ascendant, right? What is popular in the in the Jewish world, you know? And that is actually sects like them, you know. Actually, that is what's in vogue, not this sort of reform, you know, reform, totally integrated liberal consumer culture kind of Judaism that has been kind of, that was big, you know, like post-war basically. Mm-hmm. And through, through the 70s and the 80s. And then, you know, when I came to America with my family, we immigrated, we actually sort of go into this sort of reformist synagogue in San Francisco um, that, was, that represented this sort of liberal um, integrationist sort of wing uh, of, uh, of, 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 the, of Judaism. You know, like we had a, at some point a, a, a female rabbi, you know, a, a female cantor. A cantor is the one sort of person who sings, which is completely, you know, at odds with, you know, conservative mm. um, sort of uh, uh, Juda- Jewish uh, sort of dogma. But like that church is dying. Mm-hmm. It can't keep, it, no, no young people want to go there. Mm. So there's like the sort of older generation of people, you know, sort of in their 60s and, you know, the, the, the baby boomer generation essentially is like the last gasp of that, of that culture because it gives you nothing, you know. It, it says, oh, you're Jewish. Here, go to the, you know, go to the synagogue once in a while, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, you know, and then, but, but it gives you no sense of belonging. It gives you no sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You're kind of, and so what's actually popular is Chabad, you know, is like the, the Hasidic mm-hmm. sects. They give people like a clear moral compass they give people a clear like set of rules and a place to belong, and they also create warm, welcoming communities. Mm-hmm. True. And when we lived in Williamsburg, actually right next door to the Satmar community, in our house, because our house is actually owned by uh, a Chabad Hasidic landlord, right? Mm-hmm. And in our building was a Chabad house, which is this kind of center that's used to attract young people uh, to Chabad. To convert, basically. Yeah, to convert yeah. them. It's like a conversion mm-hmm. center. And it was like, you know, there are people there every Friday night on Shabbat. They're there. They're drinking wine. They're giving out free food. They're like singing songs. You know, the rabbi has a guitar. Like, you know, they're singing along. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a vibrant thing. And so actually, I think, you know, this show is totally like... Missing the point, yeah. actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I, it makes me think it would be such a better show. It can't still be, be made of like a secular, let's say, a Jewish girl who works in the media, sleeps with whoever she wants, lives with her dog, is in her 30s, and, uh, you know, falls in love with some sort of Satmar or some other Hasidic guy and converts. And that would be way more, you know, as we say, like a more almost zeitgeisty story. Yes. And yes, it can be dark. Point. It's not necessarily all positive, but at least it's like catches something of you know, the today's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, totally. It's like the ISIS today's brides or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, or the guy or the, or the guys who or, or the guys who join ISIS. Right, that's an interesting, yeah, that, yeah. that's an actually a version of that, which is way darker. Or like, you know, or like Four Lines or something. 
which is you know these guys yeah join uh, kind of uh, you know Salafist movements or something because they because it gives you a sense of belonging. I mean that's the, that's the truth of it is that yeah like the sort of liberal sort of culture is dying and uh, like it's weird that we're supposed to celebrate you know <laughs> celebrated in this movie you know yeah it's like it's almost like if it was if this was made like fifty years ago yeah that would have been great or thir- twenty years ago or thirty years ago even right it would yeah, have had well, some sort now. of sense but what like yeah 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 i don't know i have like and i think that is the boredom i think that's exactly you really hit the boredom factor of it for me anyway i was just Mm -hmm. like this just seems like this shouldn't be this shouldn't be a thing and it shouldn't certainly shouldn't be getting rave reviews it's just a quality of some sort of strange retread happening here even while it's supposed to be this exciting new um, look into a, a closed society and that's why it's all exciting that just didn't feel that way it felt like no this is somehow the same no. old story <laughs> repackaged and if you buy the it's repackaging kinda, you're gonna, I guess you can like it but if you don't you're just like why why watch this yeah no yeah no exactly it's like um Hillary people, I'm with her. Yeah, I'm, with her. Like a, I'm with her. Like right, I'm with her film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm with her presents. Yeah. I'm with her presents. Unorthodox. <laughs> 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 oh, and she should meet. Oh, I wish she could like after she moved to Berlin, sort of see a glimpse of Hillary living some sort of uh, government building, and that would she would be look actually at her, perfect. and it would be like, ooh. No, no, or like, like it actually ends with her going to Hillary Clinton no, rally. No, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should also make a make right, a cameo Ginsburg appearance in a, in a pussy yeah. hat. She puts on a pussy hat and just joins. Because right it's true. Because she like she didn't really know anything about you know um, yeah about you know her her pussy and then now yeah so you know, she could be wearing a pussy yeah. hat in the end. Oh my God! Yes, you're right. That would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's it's um it's a really a uh, stagnating kind of culture, isn't it? This sort of liberal culture, it's so stagnant, like they can't. It's stagnant, and yet it won't go away. We're just stuck with this permanent. It's really zombie-like. It's just like it will not lie down and die. It just keeps staying. Yeah. Horrifying. But, but isn't like Hillary Dad, Clinton like Dad producing movies or something now? Or is that mm? was isn't Hillary Clinton producing movies uh, or something? She has a production company. Oh no, I don't know. Maybe. No, I'm no, maybe I wouldn't even be surprised. The Obamas like are sort of vaguely associated <laughs> with some production. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? But Netflix, I think. No. Not? We'll have to Google that. <laughs> yeah. we don't, I don't know about it. To which we'll just spread fake news here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Hillary Clinton is taking over. Uh, um, she's actually taking over for. Um, What's his name? Who's who's in jail now? Um, oh, Weinstein, her longtime Weinstein. pal, Harvey Weinstein. She's rebranded. She's rebranded Weinstein, you know, into uh, Miramax. Clinton, uh, the Clintons, Clinton, Clinton Productions. God, gross. Hill oh Rex. God, Jesus Christ. Oh man, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything I feel to add to the kind of show critique. No, I think we've yeah. thir- yes, rendered a very thorough judgment on this unorthodox i think yeah and i still do think like kind of interesting to check it out at least one or two episodes just for to see how it's done because it's such a bad sausage that you can really see how it's Mm. made good just film wise it's sort of like interesting to see it's it's bad Mm -hmm. but you see how it's put together yeah yeah no and i mean there's the the one thing that i did like was just the the two the two cousins Mm -hmm. who go on into berlin on a mission Mm -hmm. oh and I wanted to actually, I wanted, I was writing this down, uh, and then I was going to write it down, but then I forgot to write it down, and now I remembered. I found that actually the, the, you know, the writers of this film and the, you know, the, whoever made, put this thing together, I mean, they're actually extremely, um, I mean, bigoted in a, in, so, in, in a way that like, 
uh, in a way that's kind of gross. I mean, it, it, and I'll tell you why. Like they, every everything that they do is stereotypical. Like so, like for instance, like so you have sort of the like so in the group of friends that she meets in Berlin that sort of take her in the musicians right at the university, like. So there's like the you know there's the gay couple and they're like and they're like stereotypically gay and whenever they're shown they're like doing they're gay always, things yes. you know like it's, <laughs> that's right like, it's like it, it, it it's like what, or what you know you're supposed gay people are supposed to do which is like what like hug they all constantly the time have to be making like, out at, at dinner or something <laughs> yeah yes or and like dancing hugging always erotically and or... just basically <laughs> that's pretty big I mean it's yeah. very bigoted I'd say and then and then like oh there's the Russian oh of course she's a hooker. Uh, and of course, the Russian guy is a thug and a, and a, and and a, and a pimp, right? Yeah. Um, like there's just and there's actually other there's other examples of that. I At can't... least they use real Russian. Like the Russian yes. that's spoken in the show, I do have to testify, is it's real Russian, and the the Russian people are portraying yeah, no, those they, characters. They speak, but yeah, but just you know, but, but again, like notes. these sort of stock characters, it's like it's like oh, like aren't you like liberal? You know, aren't you supposed to be? You know, like not like you know, have to be stereotype people. You know, uh, you know, use these kind of really gross stereotypes about just because someone is gay, they have to always be just making out with other gay people. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's other examples of that, but I found that to be extremely. Uh, I don't know. Just it's it's. I mean, they basically show their conservative nature. Uh, you know, in these in these ways. You know, when you use these sort of racial stereotypes on the one hand, and also you know, um, sort of gender stereotypes. On the other, like I, I, I think they're actually pretty conservative. You know, when you strip down all this sort of liberal bullshit, you know. Uh, but like, it's it's written. You know, it's just it's something. It really uh, stood out for me, to be honest. Yeah. I, well, and I, I think it ma- that maps over nicely onto the generic, which is a very show busy thing. Like, if you're going to set something in Paris, you show the Eiffel Tower kind kind of thing. So when she's going to have one of her first experiences in this new westernized world, she immediately eats a big hunk of a ham sandwich, and you're just like, really? I know. Would God. she really have just? <laughs> that would have been the the thing that happened. Well, it's because that's kind of a generically known thing right about the jewish community yes. so they just oh what about that narrative yeah oh, well sorry. just that they went for the most ridiculous obvious thing they could find that other people that people who know nothing <laughs> would be like oh yeah that is terrible and but she wasn't sick so that shows it's all nonsense you know exactly yeah no it's almost like um i mean imagine how offensive that would have been if it was like um I don't know if it was the Muslim person doing that, mm-hmm. you know, like, like it would have been, it would have been like almost like a gag or something, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but, but it's just, I agree with you. Yeah. They're like, they're not aware of their own, you know, of, of their own, um, bigotry, mm-hmm. bigotry, yeah, bigotry. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, 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 I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But what about also the narrative that was clearly supposed to mean something? Uh, the professor of a concert of the Academy of Music mm-hmm. is clearly a Muslim, might be even, is he Palestinian? It's some kind of Muslim Arab. And I didn't really, I just thought again, it was more Benetton stuff, but I didn't really think. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Because I, you could hear him mm-hmm. talk uh, when when he had like uh, some kind of phone conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was speaking mm-hmm. Arabic, and then he would hang up and would go and speak English to the group. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> so that's the so she really finding some. She's like a really free spirit. So the professor oh. who is taking oh. her under her her wing yes. under his wing is actually this like super friendly. Eric wow, by then I was really checking out. I don't know, it's supposed out. to mean something, but I don't know what. Wait, who's also eating a ham uh, sandwich? Yeah, he got a ham yes. sandwich. Yes, they both have Wait. croissants with ham or wow. something. Oh my God. Uh, look at this. Isn't this amazing? I didn't even get that. Wow. This, what, a, what a world we live in. You know, it's like, look at this. You have a Muslim and a Jew coming together in Berlin where the Nazis were. I, I, 
eating, eating ham sandwiches. <laughs> I bet that's the what's their way. That that's what they thought. Yes. Oh. I, <laughs> oh, I, I totally that. did too. Well, yeah, well, cause you were, <laughs> Damn. Because you're supposed to just pick up on yeah on the name. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah, an Arabic yeah. name oh, and damn. spoke Arabic. But yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I bet, I, and I bet you that was they were sitting in a writer's room or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, hashing this scene out. They're like, so imagine this, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're so, you know, yes, you know, they're not bound by this, you know, this sort of their the sort of conservative they're strictures, free. you know. Free. <laughs> yeah, they they've thrown off the chains, oh you know. They can eat ham. <laughs> That's you know. All, they can eat these pigs that are you know slaughtered and and tortured in this you know horrible agribusiness. Uh, and, you yeah. know, like isn't it amazing? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. The perfect yeah. well, perfect summing up. I think. Congratulations, Evgenia. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh, I know. Thank you for yeah. that. That's that made my day. <laughs> well, we that, got to get some ham. Ending. But you know what? I, I before we, mm-hmm. we part, because I think we're done talking about the show. I have to bring back my obsession with Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like a few hours ago, this early morning, he uh, wrote on his Facebook because you know I'm kind of watching how he's doing there in isolation, alone with a dog and his gun. <laughs> right. So he wrote. <laughs> No, because that's why I'm, I'm very vigilant. So he said, because of my age, breathing difficulties, and underlying condition of lifetime asthma, I was able to get a priority uh, COVID-19 test. Uh-huh. A doctor's nurse swabbed me in the parking lot of the Jefferson Valley <laughs> Medical Facility. It took 12 days for the result to return. The results were negative. That's it. 12 days? I don't know. It took that's 12 a days. long He's time. He's upstate New York. No, no, but, I mean, but he could have been infected Oh, since no, believe then. me. My sister thought know. she had it. She actually got taken in an ambulance to the hospital. They did a test. That was two weeks ago. She's now over whatever so, she had, but she still doesn't have the results. They sent it to a lab oh in California. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, instead of saying there's no tests. And they're saying. They're inept, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, yeah, he jumped up to, to the, say, the head yeah. of the line because Paul Schrader. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, but, but okay, I'm happy he tested negative and all that, yeah. but his reasoning is all wrong because of his age, breathing difficulties, and blah, blah, blah asthma. No, it's because he's, he's because rich he's and really famous. famous. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That I, that I didn't like, you know, what kind of okay, <laughs> sort of reasoning is that? Yeah, that is yeah no, that's, that's amazing. I mean, but what, no, but I'll tell you this, though. No, but come on. It's also like, okay, he's postured, but he still has to wait 12 days. Well, so that's so probably an expedited, he got an expedited test and it still took 12 days. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. I mean, this, what a failure of a society oh that we God. live in. Terrifying. I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, you could probably be, you could already die in those 12 days, A. You could probably, like, get well and get, like, in, well, reinfect reinfect someone else. Yeah, reinfected, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah, and reinfected yes. yourself. Well, yes. That's right. It's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Or you can, or you can say, oh, yeah, he's clean. And then, but you're, in those 12 days, you got infected by, you know, at a, at a different mm-hmm. point, you know? So it's like, no, it's, it's, a, it's actually um, completely... Ir- in, irrelevant that test score essentially the test result mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well there's there's that so but anyway so uh, I assume he tested negative everything's good with him so, so he's he'll, still alive he'll, he's yeah, still he'll good. keep yeah. posting yeah. more so oh yes can, we'll have you know, to keep checking in with the ever fascinating we'll be checking trigger. in yeah. <laughs> do you think if he dies someone should take over writing for as him like ghostwriting his po- Facebook posts because uh, they're easy to emulate yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> We can, uh, through Russian <laughs> hacking connection, yeah. we can hack his account and yeah, take over. I guess that can that can be yeah. always a plan. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We can do you that. Know, we, just yeah. be we always have that op- option that's as right. Russians. Exactly. You know, aside from prostitution <laughs> and pimping. <laughs> There's that. There's hacking, hacking too. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually all we got. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we got. Yeah, we have done not much, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. all right. So I think uh, we're good. We're done for today, and I hope our guests 
my yeah, still. Yes, so I'll check you in know, and see the... how he's doing and see. Hopefully, he can join us still. Yeah. Oof. All right. Well. Well. Okay. So, yeah, it was a kind of nice dispatch. Well, you know what? If our if we want to find any guests, uh, your husband. Okay, is next. I'll tell Philippe we have to come up with a topic <laughs> that he can weigh in. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. Okay, That's, it was lovely talking well, to you guys. Yeah. Glad you're settled into an apartment finally. Yeah, I know. God, finally, in God. ten I months. Know. Like we've well, we've been homeless for ten months. Well. Not anymore. Oh, okay. That's really it. Yeah. End. Okay. Okay. <laughs> say well. Say hi to Darcy. I certainly will. <laughs> is, she, is, she, is, she, is she pulling you off? Yeah, she's, she's telling me time's yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys okay. soon. Thanks for having me on.